How are music therapists changing the lives of people in Canada? What is the latest research and trends? You are tuned into the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast, and we will explore these questions with our guests today. Let's get started. Welcome to the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast. We're your hosts, Adrian and Kathy. On today's show, we welcome Amanda Schnenstead from Saskatchewan. Listen in as Amanda speaks about her journey as a music therapist and her role as president of the Music Therapy Association of Saskatchewan. She also tells us more about how she views music therapy as a part of her overall wellness. And here's a little more about Amanda. Amanda is thrilled to be speaking with us today about music therapy. She completed a Bachelor of Music from Brandon University and a Master of Music Therapy from Wilfrid Laurier University, where she was a recipient of a Shirk Scholarship for her arts-based major research project. And in 2009, she returned home to Saskatchewan, where she works as a music therapist at Wascana Rehabilitation Centre. She'd like to thank you all in advance for taking the time to listen and hope you enjoy the chat. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. We're excited to have you here from Regina, Saskatchewan today. Thank you very much. So I want to get right started and talk a bit about the Music Therapy Association of Saskatchewan. Can you tell me what exciting projects you are focusing on? So right now, our primary focus uh, with MTAS is acknowledging the strengths and expertise of our members. So we have a quarterly newsletter that comes out and we highlight various members in this newsletter, which is kind of a nice way of learning more about everybody who's in our membership and finding out what they do, who they work with, and just some more personal things about them, which is nice to know. And most recently, we decided to highlight our male music mm. therapists. We have two of them, Morgan Mueller and James McLaughlin. So it's really nice to hear some of our male voices because I know mm -hmm. there's not a lot of them. And so um, that's one way of acknowledging and highlighting our members. And the other way is through our expert series. So this started out as an informal continuing education type of virtual event where music therapists in our membership would share information about their area of expertise, engage in some discussion, maybe discuss a journal article, maybe have a little peer supervision. And then this year, we decided to branch out to include education sessions, which featured professionals outside of the membership and from mm -hmm. other disciplines. So very exciting. Um, for our first session, I called upon the help of my spiritual care worker colleagues, and we spoke about our spirit and song group that we provide weekly to the residents at our long-term care facility where we work mm -hmm. and so that was kind of nice to like collaborate and and have voices from other disciplines coming in and then really discussing how we approach our job and how similar the two things are in terms of interventions in terms of goals so mm -hmm. it was kind of a nice interactive session where we could really draw those parallels between the two professions and then we also um, gave out some resources provided the members with outlines for ideas to incorporate or adapt into their own practice, which was really nice. And then we also had um, our Morgan Mueller, our one male music therapist <laughs> there. He's very adept at facilitating um, experiential wave paths sessions. I'm not sure if you've heard of these before. Maybe it's, it's kind of like a little bit like GAM, but adapted form. You have music listening and relaxation. And then Morgan can actually design a music program 
that is specific to how you want to journey. So there's like wave patterns. So, and it's kind of this interesting electronic sounding music combined mm. with instrumental music. And so if you want to start off like with a relaxation part and then it goes up and maybe climaxes to more of like an emotional level and then it'll level off and then it'll go back to relaxation. So it's mm. really kind of cool. And it's all through the computer. You can design these things. Morgan sets them up. So we did two experientials of this which was really, really fun and actually was kind of like therapeutic for us too, to mm -hmm. take, a, take a moment for ourselves and relax and experience um, music just for ourselves too. So that mm -hmm. was really nice. And then cultural awareness is also something we're focusing on. And we're hoping to have a presentation with uh, Cheryl Suapegaham. I hope I said that right. She's an Indigenous music therapist uh, practicing in Alberta. And she has some connections with some of our members. So we're hoping to have a little session with her sometime in March and April. And then featuring our own music therapist, Tanea Entz, who's also an Indigenous music therapist, to continue the discussion surrounding cultural awareness and truth and reconciliation calls to action. So we have some very exciting things. Wow. Yeah. And hopefully, this is another little dream of ours, is to have maybe a mini conference of mm. the Prairie Provinces at some point. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yes. So many interesting things. And so was that wave path, those sessions, they were part of that expert series. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. That oh. was Morgan's contribution to our expert series. Yeah. Great. And is that the expert series, like a monthly thing that you do? Or? We try. Yeah, we try oh, okay. to do one, one per month if we can. Yeah. And then in terms of your membership, are they, how responsive, I guess, are they to these really cool offerings that you have through the series? Pretty responsive. Yeah, mm. we've had um, we've had some nice little, like smaller groups. Of course, we're a smaller membership too. Mm. So sometimes we have like three or four in the group. Sometimes we have like up to eight people. So okay. that's, that's good. <laughs> we'll take what we can get <laughs> because we're a very small, small, small bunch to begin with. So yeah. yeah, but it's been really good. Very good mm -hmm. response so far. Oh, fantastic. I love that. Just like thinking about really different ways to bring different disciplines into your membership, as well as highlighting your current members. So I think that's yes. fantastic. Yeah. What are some of the challenges that professionals face in your province? So one of the main challenges in Saskatchewan right now is that music therapy, along with several other counseling therapies, is not regulated yet. So myself and uh, the vice president, Amara Samchinsky, are involved with FACT Saskatchewan. And we're, we've been working for several years with them to achieve the regulation of counseling therapy in Saskatchewan. Sent in applications and supplemental information three times to the Ministry of Health, and it's been rejected three times. And then, of course, there's there's feedback and so you read through it and you figure out well how can we how can we do this again in another way and right now as a collective we're reaching out for support from existing regulatory colleges asking for letters of support so we're going through the mm. process once again so it's ongoing and of course well and you know with regulation it's it's a frustrating thing to try to to continue that process but we're we're hanging in there on that one wow. yeah so that's one and then the other one is kind of like staying connected and engaged as a music therapy community especially during this pandemic it's very tough and this is just my opinion too is that there's like this collective burnout maybe happening among professionals where we've just been adapting and 
adapting to the change so much that we've had to do because of the pandemic. And I think people are just very tired. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that it's just very hard. I know it's, it's good. We offer our events, like in the expert series, we try to bring people together and it has been pretty successful, but I think there's like a, a collective like toll that's been taken on everybody from the pandemic. So that's another mm-hmm. thing is keeping, I think keeping the morale up is very difficult. Yeah. You know what, when you're saying that, I'm thinking, yes, that's exactly how I'm feeling. A lot of my colleagues are feeling, you know, that collective burnout, like, okay, we can do this. Let's change. You know, in our first year, as we're coming up to, you know, the end of year two, okay, we could do this. But then it's like, can we, how much more can we do this over and over and over And this change? Like, okay, change your business. Okay. This is open. That's not open. Do this, do that. I mean, really, I read something on Instagram the other day and, and they said, I would like to live through precedented times. Instead of unprecedented time. <laughs> Let's We're go back to, to precedent. <laughs> yes. So, yep, definitely. I can, I, uh, can understand your comments around that for sure. Yeah. Not to flip over to the positive, but it sounds like you, with the expert series, you have been able to connect and to stay connected online in that way, which does help. And there have been some like innovative ways of connecting that have been good for us, you know, but it's still very difficult times. And I have to say, I admire you and thank you for staying the course with Fax Saskatchewan. (laughs) Yeah, because that it's I yeah, I hear you. It's and we've heard from some other provinces as well, just, you know, around advocacy work and it it will it will get there. (laughs) I hope so. Yes. Just keep trying. Yeah, totally, totally. We'd love to hear about you Amanda so like if you could tell us you know what is your music therapy story and what made you decide to become a music therapist well this goes back pretty far I felt a lot of things emotions when I was a teenager and I found that music was my avenue to express a lot of the angst that I felt Um, I taught myself how to play the guitar when I was 16 and I started songwriting and that became like this huge avenue for self-expression and listening to punk and heavy metal music was something I used a lot to you know get out those more aggressive feelings and then when I was taking my bachelor of music degree at Brandon University Manitoba I had some pretty intense uh, experiences engaging in music creation with one of my close friends who struggled with mental health issues and from this I just realized the true healing and cathartic power of music. Like there was something very important happening there. So there was a spark. And then after I completed my Bachelor of Music degree and I moved to Montreal with my partner at the time, and I did a bit of freelance work as a musician, but I found it kind of unfulfilling. There was always something missing. And as a performer, I remember being on stage and feeling really distant from the audience. I wanted to know what they were feeling and how the music was affecting them. And then from there, I began to read more about music therapy. And then I thought, oh, this is good. This is what I want to do. And immediately I decided I would audition for um, Wilfrid Laurier's Master of Music Therapy program and was accepted. I completed my degree there and returned back home to Saskatchewan. And I've been working here ever since. So it's uh, it was quite a journey. So you really followed your calling, that internal knowing mm-hmm. that was yeah. there for you. For sure. Yeah. 
So I wonder what is your relationship with music right now and how do you use it in order to maintain your own health? There's two kind of divergent paths on this question. Um, my initial response is I don't. A lot of the time I don't use music right now because I, I do music all day and I get to the point where I just want silence. I crave silence, even from all sound, like just to have no sound. <laughs> it's really I, nice I sometimes. I so Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. So I'm not the only one who feels that. No, yeah. I hear you. It's just nice to have no sound. On the opposite side of that, a few, this was a few weeks ago. Um, I had a day off from work and I, I had a really bad headache. And then I decided I'd, I'd watch a heavy metal concert. I found one on, uh, on Amazon. It was of the, the group Rammstein. <laughs> and I was like this German heavy metal group. I've known of them for quite a many, quite many years. And it just rekindled my love of this genre. Like I was smiling the whole time and I'm watching and I'm like, oh yeah. And then noticing my headaches going away. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Why don't I do this for myself more often? I, I'm missing out on things here. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a fan of that genre, heavy metal music, because it, again, it allows that cathartic release of aggression that I don't get to do anywhere else. And then there's this comforting image that I have that goes along with listening to that kind of music. And it's like soaking in a hot tub full of black water and being surrounded by little bits of like rubber floating around, but they're caressing your skin and it smells good. It doesn't smell like rubber. <laughs> it smells like something beautiful. And it's just this strange, strange image, but I find it very comforting. And I think one day I might have to do some kind of a study on the therapeutic value of heavy metal music, because I know I'm probably not the only one who feels this way. But I think that I, I used to play in a band too. Um, years ago. It's been a long time since I played in a band. And I think maybe that would also help me like gain back like that energy and doing music for myself and that feeling of catharsis once again too. So well my husband would definitely relate with the <laughs> catharsis release and the voice and the connection that he finds in heavy metal music for sure nice. I'm, I'm picturing this hot tub like some sort of hydrotherapy massage i think it smells to me right now it smells like sunblock or cuba yes <laughs> Somewhere warm. Oh, yes <laughs> Love um, it. An escape for sure. But I hear you, Amanda. When you are working in music all day, it is it is silence that is is restful and restorative. And I did have a time where I played with a trio. Uh, oh. So it was similar styles of music to what I was likely using in my workplace, but it was the human connection with the other two artists and then creating music together that was really wonderful and yes. and you know really refueling for me so i i think um following that draw that pull to play in a band that totally totally makes sense um i'm wondering so i have a question kind of back to music therapy i'm wondering how your approach has changed since taking your music therapy education at wilfrid laurier i loved the approach that was taught at wilfrid laurier it's very psychodynamic and improvisation based and that's 
always the groundwork for everything I, I do as a music therapist. However, over the years, my approach has become more eclectic and more collaborative. I, I find myself like, you know, doing the music one-to-one -one music therapy session, and that's like very, very music therapy. <laughs> but then in groups, I find myself wanting and most of the time collaborating with other professionals as much as I possibly can. It's, it's kind of a rare thing because music therapists in the community are kind of on their own. Yeah. They, yeah, they go and they do their groups and their individual sessions and it's them. And they're, they're like the main source of support there. When you work in a, a long-term care facility, you have this team that you can draw upon and all of the expertise that they carry with them. And it's I find it so amazing to offer these collaborative groups, like working with the rec therapists to offer a sensory group, or like I mentioned with the spiritual care workers, like offering that spiritual music therapy group. It's, it's so it's so fulfilling from my end. And I think also the recipients of that kind of treatment or intervention are also benefiting because they're getting these two people with two different approaches interweaving together. And there's so many more benefits from that, that they can reap, I think. So, so yeah, I think I'm a more eclectic and uh, collaborative music therapist these days. And I think that's really important, you know, for that um, influence and change to happen as your practice, you know, figure out your personal approach and style over time. And really important for music therapists, maybe newer music therapists too, to hear that message of it's really wonderful to seek out those opportunities for collaboration when you can yes. and when you have the chance and when there's somebody else um, in your organization who's who's willing to collaborate with you. It's so good. Yeah. yeah. It, you learn so much. <laughs> you do. And it helps everybody. Like it just, like you said, it brings that additional energy and, and more than one option. And music is so, ver so versatile, you know, yeah. in giving us that ability to do that. So you were working in long-term care throughout yes. the pandemic. So I wonder if you could tell us a bit about some of the benefits and challenges as a music therapist in long-term care through this, through these last two years? Personally, as, as a music therapist, having to wear a mask continuously and, oh, and then having to wear an N95 sometimes too, very, very difficult. Um, I had a tr lot of trouble with vocal strain. I lost my voice for a good period of time when the pandemic first began. And my colleague and I bought these portable voice amplifiers and that made a world of difference. I also oh, took amazing. some voice lessons because I had to basically relearn like what I was doing. And ever since then, it's been much better. I'm able to use my voice properly. Right. And also with the amplifier, like our residents who have difficulties with hearing can hear us better too. So there's also that benefit. We'll likely keep on using these amplifiers long after the pandemic is over and we're not wearing masks anymore. But yeah, it's tough to tough to breathe and tough to get used to that, that difference different type of using your voice. So from another perspective, just seeing our long-term care residents endure isolation and visitor restrictions, that just it tears your heart out. Like, and, and our jobs became that much more important because we really tried hard to support them and improve their quality of life during these really difficult times. It was rough. It was really hard to watch that. And then, um, 
there were these cohort experiences. So whenever a unit went on a COVID-19 outbreak, it would be shut down to the rest of the building. So sometimes um, one of the therapy team members, like a music therapist or a rec therapist, would end up on that unit providing ongoing support. So you didn't go anywhere else in the building. You just went to that unit. And that was very interesting. I was part of two of these cohorts, uh, three actually, because I just finished one in February again. But you really get to collaborate with your colleagues on a different level. And you get to really get, like, know the residents on a different level too. And you get, you get to know different things about them. They start sharing stuff they wouldn't normally share with you because they see you every day. So you form these tighter bonds. And again, that was something I learned so much from, and it was very rich. And I'm actually writing a chapter in the book. Um, the Music and Wellbeing Conference happened last May. Yes, it was a I virtual. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're doing a book now oh, on all wow. of the presentations. So I'm I'm contributing a chapter to the Wonderful. book on my experience in the cohorts. So, yeah, though they were very difficult, they were they were really beneficial just in terms of learning and connecting with each other. So mm -hmm. that was one good thing that came from it. And is that the kind of thing that might potentially continue in some way, or is it really not possible? Well, you know. If it was something that we initiated and said, hey, let's just try this, maybe even as a study, mm -hmm. like, let's go, like you and me, recreation therapist, music therapist, let's go on this unit for a month and we'll just provide services to the people on this unit for a month and let's see what happens as opposed to where we provide weekly services, you know, yeah. once a week maybe, and then see what happens. So it would some it would be something that we could do. We could mm -hmm. initiate it ourselves for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amazing. It is amazing the discoveries that have happened because of this time as difficult as it has been. And music has been such a lifeline for people, you know, to have oh, that yeah. yeah, that connection. In our last couple of minutes, I'm wondering <laughs> if you would be able to share or would like to share your vision for our profession. So for vision for music therapy in Saskatchewan or in Canada, where do you see us going? The, these are the dreams, of course, yes, right? The, yes. the ideal dreams. And I'd love to see more music therapy positions in the Saskatchewan Health Authority in any of the major healthcare systems throughout Canada would be amazing because there's such huge client populations that we can that we could serve continuously had we more people in these places and just making music therapy more accessible too and covered by like you know insurance companies like you know there's all these like other therapies that are on the list that are covered by insurance like why not music therapy that would be great and once again uh, like i reiterate the idea of like collaborations so continued collaborations with other professionals you know having those opportunities maybe having small educational opportunities here and there big educational opportunities that focus on expertise from other professionals or like the theme of collaboration being that of a little conference or something and all you all you hear about is just collaborations between professionals so that would be that would be really nice just bringing all of these things together in one beautiful circle where we can all support each other and learn from each other I love that idea. And it's something that I think some music therapists do um, instinctively, but but it's not something that we're 
taught to seek out and 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 if we were seeing this happening actively and intentionally and in conference like settings like you're suggesting i think that that is really yeah forward thinking and brilliant Amanda, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing with us about the important work that's happening, even though you are a smaller collective of music therapists, you're certainly doing amazing things. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. This is lovely. I like doing stuff like this. So thank you so much. Wonderful having you. Thank you for joining us on the Canadian Music Therapy Podcast. To learn more about resources from the show, please visit beyondthestudio.ca. Thanks for listening.